Yo, what up, man? What's going on, man? Welcome back. Welcome back. To another episode of the Father Bucket Protocol as the beat drops. Did did you did you miss me? I miss y'all. Hey, my voice still is not at uh, 100%. Um, but I had to give y'all this flavor. Um, and for that, for that, uh, disappearance, I apologize. I know you all were worried that I'd never, I'd never return, um, <clears throat> against doctor's orders. I'm still yapping today. No, I'm just playing. No doctor, uh, involved. Are you kidding me? The, the phone has been sitting here quietly and I, fi- I finally click on record and it decides that it's going to record. What What are the chances? That is so, that is so, so irritating. Can I just say that? Um, I apologize for that. Anyway, y'all, y'all used to uh, such technical difficulties that might occur uh, like that. Anyway, yeah, man, it's, it's it's been a it's been a you know busy couple of weeks since last we spoke, um, but busy is good, right? You you never wanna be sitting around saying, "Oh, why is my phone not ringing?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, and, and shout out to uh, all things comedy, as well as um, you know all our comedy brothers and sisters over there on All Things Comedy Network. Yeah, I'll check him out. For those that don't know, um, you know, Felipe Esparza's what, what Up Fool and Ian Edwards' Soccer Comic Rant and Billy Burr's uh, Monday Morning uh, Podcast and Dean Del Rey's Let There Be Talk, man, and, and Kira Sultanovich's uh, Kira Sultanovich. So check him out. I'll go support them. Click on them. Like them. Subscribe. And make sure if you're listening to this right now, man, Here's what you do. Don't stop listening. Just, you're playing it right now. Uh, uh, go down there and click that subscribe button. Uh, or, or And after the episode's over, leave us a comment. Would you leave us a comment? Uh, leave a comment so people know that people are actually listening and not just bots. So, uh, as I said previously, um, or earlier, I should say, that, um, that we were... We were preempted last week. Let me exp- let me explain myself to y'all, so y'all don't think a brother was just being uh, shiftless and lazy. Um, <clears throat> as you can hear, like I said, still not at a hundred percent. Happy belated birthday to my man, my my Mount Vernon brethren, of my my fool in in the hole, my boy uh, JB Smooth. JB just turned fifty. Can you believe it? You know, black don't crack. JB's always one of those cats that uh, you're extremely proud of because, well, the story with JB, and I, I feel like I've said this before, maybe even on this very podcast, but JB was the road dog of road dogs in the 90s, man. Like, JB, <clears throat> JB was the master of the Chitlin circuit, whereas Anywhere you went in the country, any any hole in the wall club, um, up and down the East Coast, down way down south, and out to the Midwest, out into the middle of the country, uh, JB was there 
grinding, and he was never in town. <clears throat> he was never in town uh, for a, a opportunity, you know. And uh, for years, everyone was saying, "Man, JB's a star. JB has, you know, he just has so much energy. He's so, so uh, unorthodox in his approach." And what what you love about JB is the fact that <clears throat> if he has a topic. He will drain that topic on stage. Uh, like comics love watching uh, other comedians work on stage. You see what I just did there? Comics and comedians both in the same sentence. Um, but comedians like watching comics on stage. We we like watching each other on stage because if if it's someone that you respect, you know they're gonna do something that's unexpected. You know, uh, and so watching JB, you always got that, uh, you always got to watch him just really exhaust a joke idea, which, which was exciting, fun and inspiring. And I think, you know, um, I'd say in, uh, in the early 2000s, I get, you know, I think JB, yeah, I gotta get him on in, you um, you know, I'm supposed to do his four course. Is it four course meal on MSG? And I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna text that fool that I want to get him on here because, um, especially since we both uh, come from Mount Vernon, you know that's, that's just my man. But um, yeah, he finally got off the road as heavily. I think he eventually moved out to Cali and he started getting you know TV and film opportunities. Um, I remember he, I think he was in, was it Mr. Deeds? I think it was Mr. Deeds, Adam Sandler's Mr. Deeds. And I remember when I uh, went to a screening of it, I think, uh, the premiere, um, cause I remember Sandler was there, JB was there in some leather pants. <laughs> <clears throat> JB's always been extremely eccentric and, and fly. We couldn't tell him nothing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was proud to see my man in, in rocking out with Sandler. He, obviously, he was also in uh, the Pootie Tang um, with with Rock and them. Oh, and that's that's when I think things really started. Uh, people started taking notice. He did he did an episode of the Chris Rock Show on HBO in the in the late nineties, and <laughs> everybody's laughing. And uh, and he just he killed man. I love JB man. So uh, just want to say, uh, and then he wound up. Uh, it went from he wrote on SNL. He auditioned for SNL. Should have gotten hired as the talent. Similar. It's funny because he was such a strong influence on um, on Leslie Jones um, when she first moved to New York. Uh, as far as I think energy wise, I think she always admired JB's energy, and um, and so uh, JB and Leslie had similar similar uh, I guess uh, trajectories on on their SNL journey because even though they both were auditioned for cast, they both got hired originally as writers which was a tra tra in Stephen A Smith's words a travesty it's blasphemous and um but you can't deny talent man you know and then from what i understand JB was the funniest dude on the uh, on the 17th floor and you know they they would use him and that's not to take away from Keenan or, or finesse but come on son <laughs> 
like just pure funny talent I, I got my money on JB you know and um and he he um he wrote there for I think two or three seasons and then he wound up booking the gig that took him over the top he became uh uh was it Le- Leon Leon Black uh, he played one of the blacks on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, with Larry, with, with Larry David. <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is his story. Um, so big up, JB, and happy birthday to, to my brethren uh, doing his thing out, out there. And, um, uh, you know, oh, you know what? Hold, hold that thought. I'm very sorry about that. I got an important... <laughs> <laughs> Brother just wants to get his his proper uh, paper, and um, and so I just received word on an email via email uh, regarding something. Anywho, happy birthday, JB! Happy fiftieth, man! That's that's a beautiful. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. I think it is. So, uh, yeah, for us. Um, the the vocals man vocals it was a definitely a, a challenge to say the say the least that was geez it was rough um, there's nothing worse and I've said that to you all before there's nothing worse than being on the verge of losing your not only your bread and butter but hey man I make myself laugh and I entertain me if nobody else does I entertain myself. And um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, actually the weekend I was at Gotham, my uh, my, my vocal cords were were strained. I had a, it, it was a busy, busy really almost two weeks to say the least. You know, I um, went up to uh, Connecticut and had to shoot uh, shoot for ESPN. Uh, and we shot, um, we shot this sketch where they had me playing Beast Mode, a.k.a. Marshawn Lynch. And, uh, yeah, I said that correctly. He's Beast Mode first, Marshawn second, uh, from, <laughs> from Seattle, uh, the Seahawks and, uh, and, and Stephen A. Smith. And, uh, and I was excited about playing both of them because we had written myself and Mark Theobald, we had written... Uh, a sketch which we thought had a lot of flavor. It was real funny, and the whole idea was that um, was that Stephen A. Smith uh, was what I call the beast mode whisperer. That's that's how I initially envisioned it. Was that Stephen A. likes to pontificate a lot, whereas uh, Marshawn Lynch really doesn't talk that much to the media specifically um and all he really like his last year or earlier this year he famously uh had um had a uh a press conference where he kept saying the only thing he kept saying was i'm just here so i don't get fined hey man i'm just here so i don't get fined hey i'm just here so i don't get fined uh um and uh you know that uh that <laughs> much to the dismay of of the um the people that were attempting to interview him 
uh, he would not budge. He was really uh, sticking with it. Even what was funny was uh, Deion Sanders uh, interviewed him like amidst it. And he he said to him, hey, man, I'm just here so I don't get fine. He was like, all right, so we know why you're doing what you're doing. But uh, is there is there a bigger, grander reason as to it? Hey, man, I'm just here so I don't get fine. You know, it was funny. <laughs> but the beanie was getting tight. Uh, that was, uh, it was real funny. Anyway, so we thought it'd be funny. And then that was a big response from him. Oftentimes, he didn't say anything. You know, someone would just sit there and nod and smile. And uh, and I thought that was fun. That was a funny angle. So we figured, you know, we'll just have him not saying too much of anything. And on the opposite end, uh, on the opposite end, we'd have Stephen A. pontificating as he does. And eventually, when he couldn't get through to Marshawn, he would start reading into any and every move or tick that Marshawn Lynch would make. And he'd pull out or draw out his own conclusions as to what he was really saying. Uh, and then eventually, when the cameras stopped rolling, Marshawn would become extremely eloquent and wonder why um, why Stephen was putting words into his mouth. Uh, so that was the idea. <laughs> the idea doesn't always work out to be the uh, be what winds up in the final cut, uh, and that's not that's not to throw any anyone or anything under the bus. But when you're working in entertainment, you got got to learn to run an audible, which is exactly what we wound up doing. Uh, we ran into ran into a couple of issues shooting. Uh, number one, uh, previously, it's crazy because last time we did well, the first my first shoot with them, we uh, we did four characters. They had me playing Denzel, Tracy Morgan, Mike Tomlin, and Cece Chris Carter, and. It took longer. We had well, we had all day, but we actually had less time because we were using the um, we were using ESPN Studios where they shoot um, Sports Center and their major shows. So we had to we had about a three or four hour just break in time where we actually made a uh, face mold. I told you all about we made a face mold in that time so as to use the time uh, uh, as uh, as to maximize the time as much as we could you know so um, so this time we expected the second time second shoot we expected that it would go a lot easier because we were only doing two characters instead of four and we also um, thought you know what we have it we should have it down to science because we um we did it already. Uh, we were shooting at uh, the ESPN uh, you know fitness facility, um, so we we had free reign to use the gym pretty much from for the entire day. You know, uh, we instead of two makeup artists, we only had one, but 
we figured we we should be able to knock through it with no no problems, no issues. However, uh, who did we shoot first? We shot Lynch first. And you know what? We could not get Lynch's hair to where we wanted it to. We, uh, you know, uh, Marshawn Lynch's hair, he has dreads. But his dreads, um, they're real, you know, real thin. They're not heavy. They're not thick. A la, say, like, when you think Bob Marley, you think of a thick head of dreadlocks. Um, even, even, uh, geez, his, his, uh, geez, I cannot think of, uh, holy, uh, Richard Sherman, his, 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 uh, teammate, Richard Sherman has thick dreadlocks. Um, Marjorie Lynch's dreads almost look like, uh, braids because they're, they're floppier and so they, they lay closer to his head we had a uh, and you have to understand that wigs um for for uh, television and film aren't as easy as they seem especially for people of color uh, especially for black black hair because you you walk the fine line between uh it looking realistic and it looking just silly just looking clownish you know i think Think of the difference between uh, uh, an Afro wig, a, a rainbow-colored Afro wig, and how my hair used to look uh, before I got a haircut, if anyone remembers. You know, I had a big head of curly curly Afro locks, a big mane, right? Uh, that's right, I'm on myself right now. Anybody got a problem with it, come see me, son. I'm in Brooklyn. Nah. <laughs> uh, but they, they actually on SNL, they, they you know some of those wigs cost thousands of dollars, and because they want to get get it just right. So I remember they had a wig of my natural hair, my actual look, so that if I ever, anytime I did like a weekend update piece, instead of me having to unbraid my hair and put on my and take out my hair so it looked like my hair, they just had this wig to pop on. It was actually pretty amazing because I was like, yo, this looks this looks like my real hair. Um and then there's also the difference when you're working when you're working with uh with ethnic uh actors, to me it's always good to have a a, a um uh a, a makeup artist and hairstylist that work specifically with black hair. Now, someone might say, well, that's that's kind of race, racist, isn't it? No, it's not racist. It's just the reality is there, uh, there, are, there are things that are specific to black hair that someone that's never worked in black hair might not understand. And so... And which is which was evident when I was on SNL because uh, my lovely uh, team of uh, Tisa and Wendy, big up. Tisa just had a birthday as well. She turned uh, well. That's not important. Uh, I missed her birthday on the twelfth December, but um, uh, happy birthday to Tisa as well. Happy belated. Uh, she always has a great party. Tisa went on to work. Um, on, she went from SNL, working on SNL for a couple of years, and now she's been on Law & Order SVU with my man Ice-T for a long time. Uh, so Tisa's there. I would have actually called her and 
to work on the ESPN thing, but I figured she's great working on uh, Ice's show. Ice's show, isn't that something? Ice-T playing a cop years later after. Cop killer! And uh, and Wendy went on to uh, work with, uh, I was going to say, Soledad Moonfry. <laughs> That's Punky Brewster mixed with a CNN anchor. Uh, she worked with Soledad O'Brien. Um, uh, for many years at CNN, so I was happy to see that they're they're doing well. We all need to link up, but there were things that Wendy, um, because she's a black woman, because she uh, worked in black hair, I appreciated uh, Lauren Michaels and crew bringing her in, bringing them both in, because uh, well, Wendy taught me a bunch of things. She taught me about tea tree oil um, and tea tree shampoo. Paul Mitchell, actually, for any uh anyone that's into uh head and whoa 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 <laughs> pause super pause uh well who isn't into head uh she taught me how to take care of my head and to uh you know wash and condition my head a lot better than I had understood how to how to do so. Um, so there's, there's definitely something to be said about how you, uh, how you, how you treat your hair and who you bring in, uh, to, to work on your head. Uh, let me move on. This just <laughs> sounds dirty. It doesn't sound dirty, but I'm making it sound dirty because of how I'm thinking about it. Anyway, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, anyway, so... We had we had um, we had the wig, and the wig was too big. The dreads were too thick, and we tried cutting them. We tried pulling them back. Uh, and the makeup job wasn't that drastic on on uh, Beast Mode. He just really had nose and his dreads, and then sunglasses. Um, unfortunately, we also had an issue where they had to order the uh the outfit is his uniform or what he was what he was um rehabbing in some seattle uh paraphernalia and we were in the middle of bristol connecticut where they don't have any so they ordered seattle seahawks apparel but they ordered the wrong size they ordered large and i, I we should have had a couple of uh choices should have had a large XL and maybe a double XL because Lynch is a big dude and we needed to give him muscles. So how do we give him muscles? Through the miracle of technology and television. And uh, we we stuffed pieces of ESPN magazine in in my sleeves and in my shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know we was we were so talented, did you? Yeah, so that's how we uh we got the muscle game up, and we did the interview, and then we did uh him working out with uh with Skittles because he loves Skittles, and that portion we got through that relatively fast, but for some reason we had to be wrapped by nine p.m., and for some reason by the time by the time we finished doing the makeup and everything for Stephen A. Smith because Stephen A. Smith required he has a he has a can I say a protruding uh forehead because of a receding hairline I can say that well I just did so 
we wanted to give him a, a strong a strong five head and so we had to apply a bald cap and uh and for some odd reason it just took a lot longer than it should have so by the time we started shooting we only had about 50 minutes remaining uh left in our shoot day and we had to rush it we still pulled it out um i was a i was i was annoyed we had to cut a couple of things that i thought were funny like we were supposed to have Stephen a smith grab the camera and and uh and climb into a camera guy's lap but that that got we had to x that because we were doing a uh doing a two shot enough said uh it aired on sunday I actually wanted to watch it live, right? Um, I wanted to watch it live. Um, so they sent me the uh the uh final edit on Sunday morning and the actual show runs from eleven ESPN Sunday ESPN's uh Sunday NFL countdown goes from eleven AM to one PM on Sunday. So y'all make sure y'all tune in. Because uh, you're going to see me a, a, a lot more on the uh, on it this season. I think we'll probably do at least two, two men. Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, more ESPN thing. Hold up. So to continue where I left off, first of all, let me let y'all know if you if you notice anything. That was that was kind of abrupt, right? Um, Pete, what I would do, right? I, uh, the, the record... For whatever reason, got screwed up. My voice is back to a hundred percent. I'm in a better space mentally, and and uh, yeah. So to continue with the story, you'll you'll see me up on uh, ESPN a couple more times this football season, and if things go as we planned for 2016, 2016, get it? Uh, if things go as planned, we're gonna uh, roll it over into. Uh, into the NBA's season and, and start doing some things uh, to spoof on the uh, the the levity in the uh, NBA community. Since Stephen A. Smith is uh that's that's his forte really is basketball. I I feel like his, his he, football and all other sports take second second place to his his love of all things basketball. So with the help of uh, my buddy Mark Theobald and the wonderful producers up there at ESPN. We look forward to bringing out some more of that flavor uh, throughout the rest of the year, and not just ending with the Super Bowl. I think we'll we'll probably do at least one more solo joint. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do at least one more solo joint, and then we will also carry it over um, for the Super Bowl with with Frank Caliendo. Now, peep, just to let you all know. Um, my, the reason my vo what happened was this, this episode, I'm not making excuses. I'm just giving reasons, which are usually the same thing. This, this podcast was supposed to drop last, last week, uh, because I had taken a week off and I didn't want to take too long off because I know y'all sitting waiting for this flavor. However, as you can hear for the first half of this podcast, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my, my voice was still, I still was not at 100%. I was actually, uh, still struggling, um, to get my vocals, my vocals back to where they, 
needed to be, and my energy was low, um, but I still trudged on. I think I recorded probably about about 55 minutes and uh, and went to, to uh, upload it. I edited. As I edited, I noticed there was something wrong with the uh with the with the download and then upload uh from my recording device to uh to my laptop to edit so i finally i, fi- I finished the mix uh as i was preparing to upload to soundcloud i noticed the time was off right i'm i'm noticing the time is off when i was uh splicing in the music and it 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 only Went to about 25 minutes instead of, you know, the 55 that I said. For whatever reason, second half of uh, of, of the episode did not upload. I don't know if that was uh, the, the universe or the spirit of God trying to tell us, uh, no, this one is not going to go up. I was tight, too, because I, like I said, I trust through. It was, it was a pain, but I trust through. So anyway, I apologize that y'all are getting this late. But uh, in listening just now to the the first twenty five minutes, uh, and you might be able to hear the difference. I sound I sound a bit more motivated, more spry, more spry, more energetic, and say, yo, I'm I'm in, I'm in a good place in a good space. So uh, to continue on with what I was saying, the the ESPN joint it did drop. It it aired. Um, now that would be what two weeks ago. Uh, my wife came in. And, well, she watched it. I ain't watch it. She watched it, and she was uh, she she did not have the excitement that I needed her to have. <laughs> she was not as excited about it as, as I wanted her to be, which was a buzzkill. But you also want somebody that's gonna be honest with you. So I'm glad that she was honest. And I was like, oh, what what did you think? She was like, mm-hmm, you know, you'll see. Damn. That's the worst that's the worst thing you can hear. You'll see. Uh well, you can hear many, many things that are probably worse than that. But when you're waiting to hear someone's opinion on something you put a lot of work into, you you do want to hear more than you'll see. Anyway, uh it aired. I saw it. I saw the makeup, the lift. The whole night, man, it was just, it was, it was, it was a little, little, little bit rougher. And what are you going to do? You know what I mean? <clears throat> uh, that being said, I was, I was, I was, I was not looking forward to seeing it, uh, given the problems we had while shooting. Um, you know, I was reluctant, I should say. I, w- I wanted to see it, but I was reluctant um, because I, I didn't have the same sense of the excitement that that I wanted to have, so I watched it. I was disappointed because the uh, because the 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 Stephen A. Smith look, you know, we, we want you got to use a bald cap to give him that ex, ex, protruding forehead with his hair, and you could see. I guess I learned later on that in the makeup world and world of prosthetics and such, uh, the worst that bald heads are extremely hard to do because. You're of the fear of showing the line um, that separates the real actor's head from the fake head and the fake, fake bald head. Um, and it, you could see it, uh, which was uh, sad to say, but it, it was very obvious that you could see there was a bald cap on. 
Um, uh, my wife said, I think Marshawn Lynch's nose was a different color than his skin. You know, there was just a bunch of problems. And then what made it worse was that the makeup uh, artist got into it with the first AD. Uh, when the first AD, you know, pulled the producer over and said, yeah, something, can you see the nose looks a little, and then instead of, instead of acquiescing, the, the makeup artist, uh, then, you know, got defensive and went over, was like, uh, um, excuse me, have you ever worked in, uh, this was funny. He said, he said, have you ever worked in, in prosthetics before? And the, the first AD, first assistant director says, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I worked on it w- with you. <laughs> oh, so that I think that was funny. Um, I think that's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> it got it got a backfired. Oh man, that was funny. So uh, they they worked to resolve it, but we did not have a lot of time to shoot it. We only had about 45 minutes to lock lock this out. By the time that happened, we probably only had about 30 minutes remaining. So we had to trudge through. And it, it came out, uh, you know, it was, it, you could see it. That along with um, a couple of jokes, like um, if anyone knows comedy, they know there's there's something called the setup, and then the punchline, and then the callback. So the setup is how you... How you prepare the joke, the prepare to get to the the coup de gras, the the climax of the joke. The punchline is the climax, and then a callback is when you when you repeat uh, said punchline or something from the setup. In in the sketch, there was a uh, we used we we originally how we had it written, we had. Marshawn um, say something that he has said in interviews, and we had him say it like two or three times, and then uh, that was also just supposed to be funny because he does say that in interviews. And then uh, what was the line? Um, I'm just here so I don't get get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. And uh, and by the time the final edit aired, that was nowhere in in this in the shoot. Or in the in the finished sketch. However, we then use Stephen A. Smith saying, "I'm just here so I don't get fined," and which would have been a dope callback, but <laughs> it did, it didn't work because they cut out the uh, clip of Marshawn saying it um, both times. So. That fell flat. So the comedy nerd in me, the 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 writer inside of me, and the comedian inside of me was frustrated. Um, but here's the thing, and here's something that I learned: uh, it, it's not always about what what the talent wants, um, because you, you're you're dealing in the uh, the law of public opinion, and the public spoke, and we followed. People dug it, you know. <laughs> funny to say but people actually uh you know saw this sort of clip uh laughed and um and retweeted us a a gang of times actually you know what Stephen A Smith you know shout out to Stephen A Smith he uh he he gave us a little shout out on uh on the twats of Twitter he twatted he twatted out uh, there about it and he uh he said I'm uh 
I'm going to get I am Dean Edwards. I'm going to get at I am Dean Edwards for this ESPN clip. And uh, yeah, man, I think we uh, we got retweeted, what, 668 times, like 930 times now that I'm uh, looking. So yeah, and uh, you know, people people responded well. So, you know, all that to say, I let it go, released it. Uh, and hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that people dug it. Hey, I know I don't sound like I'm at 100%. I'm telling you, man, I feel I feel good right now. Uh, then the next day, I had a uh, I had to go and uh, go and record uh, another thing for uh, for DreamWorks uh, with regards to Donkey uh, because uh, DreamWorks is um, I guess Dubai. All my shout out to all my people in Dubai. Dubai is uh, they're building a uh, an amusement park. They're building an amusement park. And I guess DreamWorks is going to have a Shrek ride of some sort. So I had to VO that. Um, and it was it was rough, man, because I, I, I couldn't get it to 100%. Now, see, the thing you have to understand about Donkey is that, uh, you know, oh, Donkey, like in the, in the original Shrek, as I've addressed before, you know, he goes very low and then very, very high. And then he, he modulates. He modulates very high and very low. And he, you know, he goes back and forth. Um, as, as both Eddie Murphy and, uh, and, and Donkey got a little older, a little wider, uh, he became more like, uh, like Professor Clump. And so his voice, um, was more in this tone, but still he had the opportunity to go real high and sometimes when necessary. So, you know, so me going in to record after doing five shows at Gotham, someone germing me up. Uh, which someone did, which I had me extremely vexed. Um, I had to record that 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 Monday, and damn, it was rough. But big up hyperbolic audio uh, because they they did everything they could to make my voice or to help me preserve my voice. Uh, shout out to uh, Leanne and uh, Ange over there, and, um, and my man Roy, the sound engineer extraordinaire, and uh, I think Sam. Is his assistant. They um, you know, they always make sure they had my tea, had my had my chamomile uh tea. No, they actually had throat coat. Throat coat is uh, is better. Uh, it's also a movie that uh, what's her name? Katie uh, the the porno chick. Anyway, forget it. Um, but yeah, we uh we recorded that, and I trudged through. I, I found a way. Um, cause you never want to lose you. Anybody else out there get that? Like when you have something that is not only your passion, but your bread and butter, the worst is it's the equivalent, you know, you don't want to lose that. So it's the equivalent of a, of a running back blowing out his knee or having a, having an injury and being on the sidelines, but not telling anyone and still having to run in, in a game. To win the championship, you know? That's how it felt for me going in and, and recording um, for them. But fortunately, um, hey, we found a way. And it was frustrating because normally I can knock things out in, you know, in one or two takes. But it was it was taking me like five or six takes. And then, and whereas normally they, they give me dap, you know, because we had DreamWorks on, on remote from uh, from California uh i could hear that they could hear that i wasn't nailing it so for me who's a professional i like knocking things out as quickly as possible 
I uh, I was getting frustrated. I kept it together, you know, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. I was able to keep it together and and pull it out, you know. And um, next time we go in and record, it'll be a little, it'll be a little smoother. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, also with regards to Gotham, Gotham was awesome, but a wee bit frustrating because you know, big up sway. And Sway in the morning, his crew, uh, Heather B. Rich Nice, and I forgot the sister's name on there because I had to, uh, I had to, I, well, I, I, I got there late, you know, got there late, was shooting at ESPN, um, and we wound up, we had to, uh, we got to Sway, now here's the problem, I was supposed to be there, I didn't read the email properly because... <laughs> Because uh, I was getting my prosthetics done. And so I just glanced over it. I saw that the publicist uh, said, you know, I, I got sway. And they had me ironed out from 11.30 to 12. So I was like, all right, boom. Uh, did not realize until the next day when I was running late that it said, please be there for 11.10 for prep. Which makes sense. Everybody, you people want to make sure that you're there early so that so that there's no rush and so that they can run an audible if necessary that being said the uh you know brother got there late uh got there 11 45 i was tight traffic was ridiculous and uh and so i got there as soon as i walked into sirius xm um the woman she said dean edwards i said yeah she said uh, she checks and she hits me back and says, yes, unfortunately, um, they had to cancel your segment. Damn, a half hour segment just gone. And I take full blame. I should have just said I couldn't do it, but I wanted to had to try. I had to try, you know. Um, but then I told them, I said, you know what, I'd, I'd like to hang out just to uh, just to, you know, apologize to sway face to face, man to man. And uh, dude was cool, you know, he was real cool. He's like, yo, my, yo, you know what? We had the whole thing queued up. We, uh, I had that clip from when you did me on SNL. And I was like, ah, dang, you know. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get a chance to rock out again. We exchanged numbers. And he was like, you know, anytime you want to come up here, you got something to promote, you hit me directly. So, you know, big up uh, Sway for, for, uh, for not going in on me, <laughs> you know, and, uh, uh, but damn, I wanted to. I wanted to just go up there and rock out, man. It, 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 it's a show I, I actually, you know, watch on, uh, on watch the clips on YouTube, and I'm always extremely entertained by it. Um, so you know, and, and then also because I knew that was going to affect our numbers, not getting to promote, because a lot of a lot of the people that I like to come out to my shows, aka uh, hip hop heads. You know, and that's not necessarily an age so much as just a, a demographic of, of people. You know, they're young and old hip hop heads that all listen to that show. So it would have been dope. And I was going to spit that fire over, uh, you know, the uh, uh, five fingers, five fingers to death. <laughs> I guess I have to save my, my bars for the next time I go up there, son. I spit fire, son. I'm nice. <laughs> oh, so then. Uh, I'm giving y'all a recap, especially since it's uh, nearing the, the end of the year app, right? Uh, 
After that, that was Monday. Oh, I had to pitch this. Uh, I had two pitches. My voice still wasn't 100%. Had to pitch two more. Um, well, I had two pitch meetings for this uh, this show. Yeah, y'all keep an ear and eye out for. Because um, that's the plan in the first quarter to sell this joint and get it on the air. It's um, it, it's a good show. You know, we 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 pitched it before, but it's it's now new and improved. And I think it has a good shot after the meetings we had. Um, we shall see, but I feel good about it. Um, the shows, by the way, at Gotham were, were uh, wonderful, spectacular, um, amazing. Uh, you know, that first show was kind of, ugh. His was for you. Artists are always harder on themselves than, than the uh, populace is, you know, because... I, for one, my first show on Friday night, I hadn't been on stage in, consistently in a while. Now, keep in mind, um, going through up until mid, up until Thanksgiving, I was on the road damn near every week, a weekend, um, all of all of the month of November. And then since November, uh, Thanksgiving, November 26th or so, I just wasn't getting on stage as much out of town um and while i was out of town i've been working all this mat i call mat material for those that don't know i've been working all this uh sort of morbid no, not sort of it is i was working all this material about funerals and plane crashes and and, and death or well, you know all the fun stuff and and uh and it always started killing and the challenge i'd issued to myself was to open with the dark material you know, because if you can open with dark material and still have people walk away saying, yo, this dude just just did 15 minutes on suicide and death and then wound up chasing that with Rihanna and 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 Fetty Wap jokes, you know, that that's for me. You like showing your range, you know, what I mean, and so um, so I'm proud of that. But. The problem with opening with dark material is it has to be mastered. Just like pretty much any material, you want to master your material. Uh, the protocol for anybody listening, the Fuddermucker protocol this week for any new jacks that might be listening is, I hear so many comics always talking about, especially newer cats, talking about, man, I got I to gotta write. I need to write, man. Master the material that you have. Before you focus on writing this whole new hour, you know we 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 live in an era of of Louis C.K. dropping new special every year, and and Kev dropping new specials often, and and Cat, and all these all these comics that tour, and so they're able to to create a new fresh hour every year because they have to because they've record they've they've toured it for a year. They uh, they end the year whenever the year begins, not necessarily on December thirty first or January first, but this where the, where the year begins and ends is really based on the material. So they they recruit they tour the material for you know six months, nine months, a year, and then they finally uh, have that one big show. They record it, they shoot it, and then they release that special to the public and now once it's once it's, once it's recorded history 
for people that weren't able to come out to the shows. Now they have to work on a whole new hours worth of material. Some of them have writers. Uh, some of them just by virtue of being out on stage all the time are allowed to build their sets and grow their material. If you're a new comic, even myself, even myself, I've been doing this that long, even myself, I have my greatest hits jokes um, and I have, the say for instance, the, the suicide jokes. Um, but until as, as Keith as pop pop Keith Robinson said, uh, you, you keep doing it till you record it, till it's recorded history, you know, uh, and and that's true. So everyone that's out there trying or focusing so hard on writing new material, yeah, create new material, but also master the material that you already have. Say that with me. Say that with me. Master your material. Mim M Y M. Master your material. Mim Mim your material. Mim master your material. Material because saying mim material would be master your material. Material anyway. Material squared. Yeah. So master what you have, and so. Going into my first show at Gotham Friday night, my eight o'clock show. The only, I went on Thursday night. Big up Bob DeBono because he does a show up at Stand Up New York, and Harris was going up there. Uh, Harris was on the shows with me, so Harris uh, told me he was going up to stand up on Thursday night. So I rode with Harris, and Bob uh, got me on the show, and I was able to sort of work out the kinks, which is good because you rather work the kinks out. Um, so that all your shows are fresh when, when you're headlining anywhere, right? But if, if anything, if you have a Work the Kinks Out show, that would be the Thursday night show, but Gotham doesn't do Thursday headline shows. It's just Friday and Saturday. So uh, I worked the kinks out. Felt a little rusty. I ain't gonna front. Felt a little rusty. Like, a, you know, it's like riding a bike, people say, but it's true. You know, I'm not gonna lose my, my steez, lose my style, but... Did have to find my uh, my 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 footing on the new materials, and what I should have done was open with tried and true material, and then go into the 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 darker stuff, the newer material, um, because it's not mastered yet. I don't have the exact verbiage um, locked in so that every time I do it. It's the same exact verbiage, and then I can stray from the script. I'm still, I'm still working on the script. The script's still being written. So uh, that first show Friday, it was good, but I don't like good. People paid paid big money, you know. When I'm headlining, uh, if people paid big money to see me. I want, I want every show to be great, you know. Um, so after the first show, once again, my wife, uh, you know. I saw I saw it in her face, and she was like, uh, uh. "I was like, ah, oh, dang, this I'm getting it again, just good." Actually, this was before the the uh, the Stephen A. Smith clip aired, so um, yeah. When when she said she said it was it was she was like, "How did you feel?" I was like, "Eh," I was like, "I got something was off." Um, but here's what happened after the show, just like I said with the with the sketch. People were walking out like elated, feeling great. So, yo, that, oh, that was awesome. That was great. So, but, you know, I'm happy that they were happy that they came out, happy they enjoyed themselves. But for me, I feel like I'm always striving for something greater that um, I got to make, I got to enjoy it for me, you know? Um, yeah, you do it for the audience, but 
I, I, I do always want to present the best of the best, the greatest of the greatest, not just eh, not just average. And you should never want to be average. You should always want to be the best. I do. I don't think there's anything arrogant, cocky uh, about it. I think it's just a matter of saying, yo, I just want to... Um, I just want to set this off, you know, feel me? So the second show starts, Marion Groden's hosting, Harris is uh, featuring, and then it's me. Marion goes on, and Marion, oh, like she whipped that first crowd into a frenzy. They were fire, right? Second crowd, these mugs, them mugs were staring, right? And she addressed it a couple times, like, gosh, you guys are really, what's what's wrong, Right? Harris, same thing. They were kind of cock-blocking his jokes. His, like, they weren't laughing. They were giving them Tuesday night at, at 1 a.m. laughs or on a prime 10 p.m. show on a Friday night. And I, for one, was getting a little offended and annoyed with the audience. You know what I mean? So um, not to play hero, but it actually motivated me. And my wife and I both looked at each other and we were like, F the, F the, uh, F the funeral and suicide material, go to win and hit these bars in the head. You know, and those moments take you back to like when you were doing the, uh, the rooms, the black rooms and the, uh, and the, the crowd is booing everybody and you go into this, this, you know, back in the corner mode where you're like, ah, y'all ain't killing me. <laughs> and that's how it was. I was like, you know what? You you can rebuke the the host and the feature, but if you paid to see me, I'm not I'm not letting you. I refuse to allow you to walk out of here feeling like your misery won. So I went in, and I did the 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 newer material, but I threw it in the middle of the set, and it went well. And the rest of the weekend was was fire, man. So. You know, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you need that kick in the head. You know what I mean? And uh, and I took it. You know, I ain't tripping. It, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So um, so yeah, man. It was it was it was a great weekend. And uh, and then boom. Then the following week, after the meetings, I had to fly to Arizona on Tuesday night because I was shooting with my man, uh, Big Frank Caliendo. Uh, we shot uh, something in honor of of Star Wars: The Force Awakens dropping. So, uh, on my way to do Dallas, actually not Dallas, the Plano, Texas Hyenas uh, Comedy Club, we stopped in Arizona. Uh, we shot with Frank. We uh, we brought back uh, my, obviously uh, Mike uh, Mike Tomlin. And uh, and you know what the the clips are up. You know what I gotta start doing. I gotta start maybe posting the uh, the links for those that that might not have seen them. I, I posted. I think was it from my man B Rich. Uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all. You know, peeping what I do and supporting it. Um, the 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 joints came out. I think it came out fun. It it aired actually while I was in transit, headed back from Plano back to New York last week. And yes, I did see Star Wars The Force Awakens three times that weekend. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm not even going to address it other than to say I dug it enough to sit through it three times. You should too because uh, when we get back here in the new year, uh, Mike, Big Mike on the soundboards and I, 
we've been having discussions strictly or on email via email and let me tell you that one of the messages Mike wrote you know because we're both big Star Wars is Mike wrote a message that was so long that my sister looked over my shoulder saw me reading she's like oh what book are you reading I was like this is an email she's like what <laughs> Mike is long-winded uh but but he's passionate and, and so uh yeah so when, when we get back here in the new year we're gonna we're gonna address and and some of the things that we we spoke about um with regards to star wars the force awakens go check it out it's a fun movie uh it's an exciting movie it, it puts you back in the mind of when you were if you were a kid when you saw the uh, original trilogy which i was it made me feel like a kid again, and I ain't gonna lie. Made me, uh, made me miss my dad a little bit too, man. Because I know he would have, he would have dug it, and and you know, just made me reflect on when we used to uh, go to the movies. That was, that was our thing, man. So, uh, you know, as we, as we exit 2015 and enter 2016, yo, uh, you know, onwards and upwards. I wish everybody a wonderful uh, new year. And let go of anything that weighed you down in this previous year, man. Is you know, you're still here. If you're still here, that means you still have a have a have a choice and still have a shot at uh at greatness. So that's 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 how I feel. I'm I'm striving for something greater than me. I and I have no choice but to do that because it's not me. It's it's just isn't it's not my choice. It's it's the spirit. It's the universe. It's God. It's it's whatever you believe in. It it pushes you forward, man. It's yo, I'm 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 feeling myself right now, son. You feel me? <laughs> I'm in a good space, baby. Yo, um, I am Dean Edwards. Y'all y'all know what it is. Uh, appreciate the the support. I appreciate all the new listeners. I appreciate um anyone that you know has been riding, you know, as a father mucking fan for a long time and supporting and uh you know here's to here's to an even greater year next year man alright all love two fingers peasy happy new year <laughs>